Hello. Today's conversation is with Mary Brett, who is a singer and songwriter currently based in Kodiak, Alaska. We get into a cool conversation about her musical process, her history in academia, in history, and how she moved from that into being a musician, and also her philosophy on music making, frequency, and healing. But before we get to that, a few announcements on shows that I have coming up. Next week, I'm going out to Los Angeles to play some shows with Sap and Claw Elixir. On Monday, I'm playing in Long Beach at Vine, which is on 4th Street. On Tuesday, Sap and Claw Elixir is playing at the Redwood Bar and Grill in downtown Los Angeles. And on Thursday, this is August 4th, we are playing at the Mint in Los Angeles. And then after that, I'm back to Austin and I have shows all over the place. So go to my Instagram or go to my website to see where I am playing. And remember that as an artist and a podcaster, I operate on a value-for-value model, which means that whatever value I provide to you through my content, I ask that you respond in kind by providing value back to me, whatever that value is to you. So that could be a like, it could be a comment, it could be subscribing to my channel, it could also be donating money through my Venmo or through my Bitcoin or it could be signing up on a monthly basis to my Patreon. And different levels have different sort of backstage content and things like that. But the idea is, whatever value you derive from it, I ask that you respond by providing value back to me so we get kind of a feedback loop in our community. Welcome to Music in Mind. Music in Mind with Anthony Coffey. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Mary Brett. She is a musician, and uh, we met... Mm, was it last year, early this year, something like that? Several months ago in Houston, at a show at Super ha- was it Super, Super Happy Fun Time. Is that what it is? Super Happy Fun Land. Oh, that's right, Super Happy Fun Land, which was a truly odd venue <laughs> in in this kind of industrial neighborhood in uh, in East Houston. Um. But it was fun because we were playing a show with uh, Alma Russ and the three of us just kind of sat on stage and took turns playing tunes and we sort of jammed on each other's tunes like a songwriter circle kind of thing. And uh, I, I loved Mary Brett's music and it was fun to play on her songs. And uh, so uh, I thought it'd be fun to talk, to talk to you on the podcast and hear a little bit about your process and your history as a musician and any other things you do besides music. So... So thanks for coming on. How's life? It's a wild ride, man. Um, yeah. Being up here, I'm up here in Alaska right now working. And um, that's been kind of a bumpy road because the job I came up here for that had my lodging and access to a car so that I could like do gigs and stuff that fell through like two weeks after I got here. Whoa. So I had to either go home or find something else. And luckily I landed on my feet. I found something else. Um, and so now I, I was working in fish processing and now I'm wow. waiting tables, which I've done okay. so much before. Sure, um, sure, but, sure. So I just landed on my feet with an old skill and just making it work that's important so so the job is what brought you to alaska the fish processing job whoa yeah what is a fish processing job so you know when individuals or commercial charter groups go out fishing you know they need it to then be processed which is to like head it gut it 
fillet it. I see. Package it, freeze it, and ship it to where you're where you live. Or if you okay. live on locally, then you know you just come and pick it up. Um, so I was working for a small like mom and pop operation. I had met the lady at a aircrete building workshop in Terlingua, Texas, where I wow. happened to be at the same time Alma Russ was, and so oh. she was recording her album at this really old church in Terlingua and had me come sing a couple of harmonies nice. for that new album she just released. I think gold rush is the name of it. Nice. And, um, so yeah, it was just like that super happy fun land gig has just become <laughs> like this ongoing gift that keeps on giving. It was a cool uh, gig. I loved it. It was fun. Yeah. It was a weird spot, but it was a fun gig. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I came up here for that and then it just, you know, didn't, didn't work out. And, um, like I said, found something else. That's good. Um, I mean, it's good. That I've done a lot of jobs. Yeah. yeah. I've music has always been like my passion and desire. Um, so much to the point of, I never wanted it to be the only way I make money because then mm, that like, okay. changes it for you, or at least I know it would for me. Sure, sure, sure. And like my process and where my songwriting comes from, at least still these days, um, which is just comes from really like deep personal, spiritual like type place. And I never really wanted, I never wanted that to be sullied by like, I have to make, I have to go play this gig or I have to go do this because that's how I'm feeding myself and housing myself and all of that. Interesting. So because of that, and because I'm just an experienced junkie, I just love learning new things. Um, I've had a lot of different jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I lost my job up here, I just went on Facebook, like a, a local Facebook group and then just listed some things that I did and construction is one of them. And there was a guy who needed um, a condo that was vacant, but still had all the electricity and stuff on. Okay. He just needed some help doing the remodeling for the new tenant oh, that's nice. going to be in next week. So, so I had an in between before I found the, the waiting tables job, nice. I was just staying here and working on, that's where I am right now. Um, just working on the stuff he needed done here. That's great. So you have a ton of skills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, before I was, before I came up here, my main thing was um, stage production. So okay. I've worked on a Taylor Swift show, a Rolling Stone show, Circus wow. Olay. Um, do the company I work for does a lot of corporate stuff. So mm -hmm. like um, I did an Intel computer job uh, okay. right before I came here, okay. as well as the, uh, Republican national, the national Republican. <laughs> I feel like I remember like, seeing you post about that. Committee, something like that, something like, <laughs> yeah. that like the Trump was coming to talk at Southwest nice. airlines, nice. you know, so okay. that's a really cool job because especially when I get to do like music shows mm -hmm. to see like what all goes in to making a major concert happen. Right. And then on the stagecraft side, are you are you doing video or set design or light design? I'm doing just like the uh, so like getting all of the stuff off and on the trucks, and then okay. I'll either be on lighting, so I'm hanging all of the truck, like building the truss and attaching the lights. Um, sometimes I'll work in videos, so I'll be um, the you know the big video screens, right? You know to 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 have like that that big picture on there that's made up of like lots of smaller screens that you have to attach to each other that makes and stuff. Sense. And then building the stage itself. 
Wow. You know, um, that kind of thing. So I'm not, I'm not like designing or anything like that. Like I'm just a hired gun, uh, just grunt work, you know, get it done. I used to do, uh, like corporate audio stuff similar to that. And it it definitely felt a little bit like grunt work. I was never an A1. I was never front of house or anything, but yeah, just like showing up with a big truck and loading in a giant sound system and hanging it or setting it up and then loading it out at 3am or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the money's good, especially if you've got one that goes past midnight, you know, you start working on time and a half and exactly, uh, exactly. It's just not consistent work. Right. So I'm the type of person who will typically have anywhere from like three to six little things going on so that I don't have to have one thing that I'm locked into all the time. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that gives me flexibility of my schedule so that like, if I want to go on a tour or if I want Absolutely. to take this Saturday off for a gig, like I can totally do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a long history of musicians with that. I, what comes to mind is Woody Guthrie and uh, the, the, the whole history of sort of uh, going sort of from town to town, finding odd jobs and playing, playing music, maybe writing songs, you know, like working in a mining camp and a lumber camp and just here and there. And, yeah. uh, and I, I feel like, especially since you're in Alaska, there's this sort of like frontierness to it. There's this. And, well, you know what I'm finding out that trying to play here is actually kind of difficult. Like I thought, so I'm on the, I'm on the Kodiak, which is an Island. So uh-huh. it's a small town. I think there's really only like five or 8,000 people that live here, like in wow, the town of Kodiak. Is, wow. The town of the whole island, I think, is maybe like 13,000. But the town of Kodiak, which is like the only real like town, as far as I know, um, other than like little villages, um, I think that's only like five to eight. And so I thought it would be like super easy to come in here and play tunes, but they've got a lot of weird laws. So breweries are not allowed to have entertainment at all. Like, can't be too fun. So there's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. nothing, you know, and then <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> yeah. So restaurants that sell alcohol aren't allowed to Whoa. have like music until after 9 PM and no one under 21 is allowed. Right. Whoa. And so the only place to really play are bars, uh-huh. which are not my favorite place to play. Sure. I'll play them like, as in means to an end. So like if I'm on a tour, uh-huh. I'll book whatever I can book and I don't care. And I'll just take it as like, whoever's paying attention is meant for it. Whoever's here is meant for it. Yeah. It's fine. Like this is just getting me down the road to where I want to be, where I have some gigs that I like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but to just be like taking bar gigs just for the sake of a gig, I'd rather just not you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I have the freedom to do that because I make my money in other ways. Mm -hmm. So I have the freedom to like, if I don't want, if I don't resonate with the venue, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have to do it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, like it's been kind of difficult to find places to play here. Also, there's like a logistical thing, like like I said, the first job I was going to have access to a car and then I lost that job. So I don't have access to a car now. So it's kind of difficult oh, wow. to say like, yeah, I'll play in three weeks. Like, I don't know where I'm going to be in three weeks. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to still be on the Island. Like I'm really just one day <laughs> at a tough. time. Yeah. So that's why, you know, um, you know, it's just kind of a little more difficult to play here than I thought it would be. Interesting. Interesting. 
So do you see yourself there for a while still, or are you just kind of playing no. it by ear? Okay. No, at the very latest, I'd be here to the end of September. So my job okay. is a restaurant that is only open during the summer and they close September 25th, oh, wow. the last day. And so, um, they, you know, they just have the money to leave it open. I mean, leave it, they rent cabins and stuff too. And so that's year round, but the restaurant itself is only during the summer. Hmm. And I run the green room hospitality for um, the Utopia Fest that happens oh, cool. in Burnett, Texas. Nice. Um, and that's the second weekend of October. So I'm definitely back by then. Cool. Cool. Th that's great. But how are you yeah. getting back if you don't have a car? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't drive here. I flew here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so, you had that but, sweet bus at one point. Yeah, I still have the bus. So okay. I left the bus in Texas. Okay. You know, because gas is really expensive, and yes, and all, and I had a place to stay here, so like I didn't need the bus. I see, I see. Um, but then I lost the thing, so it was like, man, I wish I had the bus, and uh -huh. you know, it's just hindsight, but, um. I still have the bus, and that was one reason that Alaska was really appealing because it's hot in Texas. And this year, it decided to be really hot. It is hot. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> so I got out on a good year. This is my second time to Alaska. I came to work in 2016 at a Boy Scout nice. camp. Okay. Um, and on the mainland. And then I just hitchhiked around for like three to five weeks oh, while I was waiting for Salmon Fest, which is a sweet little fest they have up here. Okay. That's next weekend that I'll be going to. Nice. Not nice. playing, but well, going hey, to. If I if I have any Alaska listeners, I should go and hear Mary Brett at Salmon Fest because I'm gonna try and get this out on Thursday. So. Oh, sweet! Yeah, just well, I'll definitely time. be I'll definitely be playing in the campgrounds. Okay. Um, they do an open call uh, uh, to apply to play, but I, when I found out I was coming here, it was two weeks or a week after the deadline ended. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Always that's just that how thing. it goes. That thing was. I even reached out. You know, I was like, "Hey, can you make an exception?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> but you never know. You know, you just have to ask. <laughs> yep. All the yeah, tell you no. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the whole the whole hustle of getting gigs. It's just like. You just ask and ask and ask, and usually it's ignore, and sometimes it's a no, and sometimes it's a yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what about what about your the the creative side of it? So, like what I was saying is, it kind of get like a Woody Guthrie vibe almost, and it's interesting that you mention that you sort of don't don't want to be tied to having to sort of sing for your supper, so to speak. Right. You don't want to have to take gigs. You don't want to take just for the money. And so you do these other jobs, but these other jobs have flexibility, sort of like odd jobs or, you know, whatever makes sense at the moment that has that flexibility. Do you feel like that uh, comes into your creativity or affects your creative process? Well, you know, um, I write a lot off of personal experience. Right. I don't write a lot out of like make believe. Uh -huh. Um, so every new experience is a new download of something, right? you know, which will find its way into my music usually in some form or fashion, mm -hmm. you know, either it's because it's some character that came into the job that I was in and that inspired something, you know, or like right now, while I've been up here, I've written a couple songs about being in Alaska and it like it not working out and, uh -huh you know, just kind of some silly stuff like that. Nice. And I wouldn't have, I, 
I wouldn't have written that if I weren't here. Right. Right. You know, right. so like each each job, each new thing, it's just a new um, maybe like a new color, a new shade mm-hmm. to to look at the life from. You right. know, like like working on the Taylor Swift job. Like I didn't write. I don't think I wrote anything about that. You know, but it's definitely an eye opening thing about like how big do I want to be. You know what? That's a great. What question. do I want? What do I want out of this? And like, do I do I want this kind of a show? Do I want this kind of production? Do I want my production to involve sixty plus semi trucks filled with stuff and a staff of like three hundred people to yeah. put the show together yep. in each yep. location? Mm-hmm. Like, is that what I want? I mean, it's giving people jobs and that's neat and stuff, but like, that's a lot of responsibility, you yeah. know. Um, that I don't, I don't know that I want all of that. I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't want all of that. Sure. Sure. So being open to putting myself in a position like that allows me to kind of backdoor see what would it be like if I reached for that rung of the ladder and what all does that come with? Absolutely. That that was a question that I, that I wrote down as you were talking before about the, the vision for your music. Because I, I, I often struggle with where I see my music as functioning in society, where it exists. So like Taylor Swift is like the corporate of corporate or something like that. And that isn't even to put her down. It's like you're it just saying, is it what gives, it is. Right. It gives lots of people lots of jobs. It gives lots of people things to listen to. It gives a place for people to spend $300 on a festival. It's great. And 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 take Molly and have a great time. It's awesome. There's no, no, no putting her down at that at all. I didn't uh, know Taylor Swift fans were Molly. I don't know. I just imagine she plays it like Coachella and Bonnaroo and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> maybe they're not. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and, and I then, at least would hope the older ones, not the like teenage. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so. do Molly. If you're a teenager, don't do it. <laughs> but, um, and then all the way down to like an open mic also serves a function and it serves a place for for amateur musicians to try things and for uh, young people who are trying to become more professional to to sort of hone certain skills before taking a next step. And so all of these types of music sort of exist in different places in society. Where do you see your music existing maybe now and then where do you want it to be? You know, I think now it really only exists for the people who are like in my periphery, like in my close, just like immediate right, right. Uh, contact, Yep. you know, either be it like somebody that I just met, you know, and then they're willing to scope out what I'm doing or, you know, people who are the closest to me who, you know, or just want to support what I'm doing. Right. Uh, and that's whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that like I could probably, I could, I, I think that I could do whatever I wanted to do with it. Like, okay. I think I have what I need in order to do whatever I want to do with it. And it's really just, yeah, honing in what is that and what does that look like and mm-hmm. how much of my calendar year do I want it to take and how much sure. of where I'm, do I want it to dictate where I'm living, you know, right. or anything like that. And you know, I'm still kind of manufacturing my smallness, you know, and trying to work out of that. That's interesting. Okay. You know, and, um, 
I don't really like being the center of attention. Like I don't really like that. Right. So I have to work past that every time I go up there, you know, and That's it doesn't make sense to a lot of people because I am really extroverted and bubbly or whatever. But like, right. there's a flip side to that, that it is just as equally introverted mm -hmm. and kind of like private, even though I am really open and transparent about how I think and feel and everything. Right, like there's right. still a lot of like stuff I kind of hold tight. And, um, so there's a blockage there totally to huh. get to the next step, whatever that next step is. Like it really just requires me letting go of being worried about breaking out of the mold that everybody sees me in or that I see myself in. I see. So there's like a lot of personal stuff, like still working through to try to figure out even what that next rung is that I want and, and where to go with it, you know, because there's like, where do I want as Mary Brett, the person, what do I want out of my life? Uh -huh. You know? And then there's, what do I want out of this thing I'm really passionate about and that I've been blessed with some skill sets for, right. you know, and like, where do those two things come together? Where are they completely different? Yeah. You know, and, and how to, you know, just how to navigate that. And yeah. I'm still figuring that out like 15, 12, 15 years into doing this and mm -hmm. being 36, I'm still trying to figure out like what, do I want? <laughs> it's, 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 it's really hard. It's, it's a hard question. Yeah. It's interesting as... I mean, especially if we... Go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, it's interesting as it's, a songwriter, I mean, though. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's, a, it's interesting as a songwriter because especially if you're writing your personal experiences and essentially you are projecting yourself out there. And so it's interesting that the desire cuts both ways of being sort of private and wanting to keep that something either for yourself or for your close personal contacts or something like that. But then getting up on a stage, like you're saying, there's something uncomfortable about it because you don't actually know how much, how much you want to project out. But then you're talking about not writing fantasy so much and like, I remember some of your songs, like you had a song about period sex and things like that, like very, uh, like personal thoughts and feelings and interactions with the world. And to project that out there is, is very vulnerable. And it's also very, um, uh, I, I don't know, you're putting yourself on display in, in a sense. Um, but it's, it felt very, it felt strong to me when you did it. It felt like a very strong move. And, uh, I, I was impressed by it. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a, she's a strong performer. She's asserting herself as an individual. I loved it. Yeah. You know, and that's just kind of like how I am. I'll assert myself, but then there's always still this little, like, you know, voice in the back that's saying like, oh, that's too much or <laughs> You know, like nobody really, you know, I mean, is it okay that you did that or, you know, just, okay. I think this, I think, I think all creators struggle with that no matter yeah. what you're creating. Like, is it okay for me to put myself out there and take up people's attention? And uh -huh. that's what's happening. Like when you're putting yourself out there, you're asking other people to hand over their attention and their yep. attention, whether they realize it or not, is the most valuable thing they possess. 
Yes. You know, and I think that subconsciously as creators, we feel self-conscious about that because somewhere we do understand that attention is the most valuable resource right. and we're asking you to spend it on us, yes. you know, and that can feel heavy sometimes, mm-hmm. even if we understand the mechanism behind it or not, it just, the feeling is still there. And so, um, you know, I'm really And the more I get into understanding that mechanism, you know, the more I'm um, really careful, I guess, about how I'm sharing and where I'm sharing and what I'm sharing and why I'm Mm. sharing. Because I'm a big believer and it doesn't really matter what we think, say, feel or do. It matters Mm -hmm. why we do it. Mm -hmm. And so if my why for music was just so that I could afford to pay some stupid company to keep my lights on or to pay Mm -hmm. for mac and cheese or something like that, like if that was my why behind playing music, it would totally change the connection I have with what I'm creating with i feel sure 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 where my creation comes from Mm -hmm. you know and so i really just try to make sure that my why is solid and whenever i'm taking a gig or doing anything really that's great i love it so what is your why what's my what what's your why why, why do you? Oh, well, uh, because I'm, I think it's my mission, you know, like, I think it's my purpose. I think it's my mission. I was given these talent, skills and abilities and passions and desires, and they're all rooted in the same thing of music, you know? And if we want to get, you know, spiritual and heady about it, you know, music and dance are two of the most primitive things uh-huh. that humans share throughout time and space. And, Everything is frequency. You know, Tesla says, said, if you want to understand the universe, think of it in terms of energy and frequency. Okay. So music is a manipulation of frequency of what we are. We are frequent. Everything has a vibration. Right. Right. And so when we're, when we are making music out of ourselves or with our instruments, we are manipulating the vibration and we can do a lot of good work. Uh-huh. You know, and so I feel like part of my mission, part of why I am here with the voice that I have and with the the connection, the channeling connection of what I'm creating with, how kind of effortlessly it comes, you know, and how much it fulfills me. It just it's it's my purpose, right. you know. Sure. So sure. that's that's my why is just trying to get closer to understanding that it's my purpose and then to have the courage to do my purpose, to Uh do my work, to do Uh my mission, you know, come hell or high water Uh and whatever that looks like, you know, if it means that I'm doing this for the next, the way that I'm doing it for the next 20, 30 years, Mm -hmm. then I guess that's what it's going to be. If it means that I stumble upon like a little bit of success that allows me to not have to, do like the, the right. gig economy hustle, yep. you know, and like the gigs I'm being offered and the gigs that I reach out for are all within my desired, like type of listening room space, mm-hmm. you know, then, then, then that's how it'll be. Yeah. You know, it's, um, but it, I just know that this is what I have to do. Like, right. it doesn't even really feel 
like an option. And I've tried other things. I mean, I've had, I've had over 50 different types of jobs, you know, like that's not saying, you know, I've worked for when, like I've worked for several different restaurants, you know, but like the serving is one job and like being a cook is one job. And I don't Uh keep, I don't count every employer. I count every type of job and I've had like 50 and I went to grad school. I would have a history degree. And then I went to grad school and, you know, I was, a I I abandoned my degree. Um, wow. I finished all my coursework. That's courage. I had I like a 4.0. Great. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I, had a, I was like the president of the honor society. I had a 4.0. I had finished my comprehensive finals, everything. All I had oh. to do was finish like, 30 more pages on my thesis. That was it. I just needed about 30 more pages on my thesis. And I just, I kind of like got to a point where it was like, you know what? I don't want, if I have this piece of paper, I'm going to try to use this piece of paper. And I don't want to, like, I don't want to be in the academe world where I have to write, where my, my abilities to write have to be pigeonholed into writing the way that the history world writes, I see. you're not allowed to have any kind of flower, any kind of fun in it, you know, in the okay. academic world. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that. And I didn't want to constantly be feeling like I'm not smart enough to be around these people, you know, just imposter syndrome right. mentally, instead of imposter yeah. syndrome, like, cause I have that with music too, but not as, not as much because just not as much, sure. um, as with the, with the academic world. Right. And I, um, you know, I, so I quit and I didn't want to be a part of the system of like, everyone thinks they have to go to college and then they end up with, you know, right. 30 to 60 plus men in debt. And then yep. so they just get a job that's not even in their degree just because they have to start paying off this debt. And now they're on this treadmill following a carrot that they're never going to get. And, you know, I'm just a cog in the wheel. I'm just a part of the problem if I am to go in there and, and do that. And so I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to finish this. I'm not going to do it. And I, it took me six years to really get to that. Like Mm -hmm. I was always thinking that I would finish it. I just needed a break. And there was a couple of times I went back to like, getting back into my research and, and, and writing out some pages and yep, yep. just to finish it because I don't like having this project I started and I didn't finish and what you know, the practicality the of it, it was, um, essence magazine and how it affected black women's involvement in the women's rights movement. Wow. Because that essence like magazine, a graduate thesis. That's yeah. It, it was the first, uh, a lifestyle magazine really for black women. Okay. And it was co-opted. It was created by men to, you know, make a buck and, you know, it's beginnings were very, um, the women's movement is not for you specifically telling Mm, them that uh like uh black women faced an interesting part because the civil rights movement wanted them to be on their side and the women's rights movement came from the civil rights movement because all these women were doing this stuff and they weren't getting credit for it, you know, Mm. like, and they were being relegated to like office work and, you know, 
no one would listen to them unless they were currently sleeping with one of the head guys at the time uh-huh. sort of deal. Wow. So that's kind of the impetus of starting the women's rights movement and right. they branched off and the civil rights movement was like, you know, black women, you need to stay with us. And so they called it being doubly bound. Black women were doubly bound to decide if they were first a woman or first black and wow. which team are they supposed to fight for. I see. You know, I could also and see so was the that. roots of where intersectionality comes in later. From yeah. This, right. Like yeah. As, a, as a fight back against this sort of. Yeah. I mean, and even divided. in the women's rights movement, there was fracturing, like there was yeah. no cohesive movement whatsoever. And there still yeah. isn't, sure. you know, because just because we're women doesn't mean that we see it all the same way, <laughs> yeah, you know? So yeah. We yeah. might all really want some equality and some equity, mm-hmm. but we have totally different ideas about what that means based off of sure. who we are. Sure, sure. You know, um, and so yeah, that's what that's what it was about. That's and, great. You know, so you're an academic too, at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and so when I when I was done with all my graduate stuff, and I still thought I was going to go get back, but I needed a job because I was a TA. So I got to see, which is a teacher's assistant, if anyone doesn't know. And so I got to see behind the scenes of what it's like Mm -hmm. working for a university. Right. And there's just a lot of pressure, publish or perish. Like if if you're not publishing enough, like you'll lose your job, you know, and you are finding a job can be difficult and you could end up in a town that you don't care anything about, but that's the only town you could get a job at. And I didn't want my job to dictate where I live. Yes. Yep. You know, and it and, really does with those academic jobs. Yep. Yeah, totally. So I mean, like the, some of the professors that were teaching at my university, I'm in a small university in Huntsville, Texas, uh-huh. you know, and these are people that came from Stanford and, and uh-huh. Baylor and Harvard uh-huh. and all of this, you know, and they do, they do not want to be in Huntsville, Texas, you know, but they make the most of it. They can, but I didn't want that. And my mom was a, um, was a, primary school teacher, a special ed teacher. So I knew I never wanted to be a K through 12 teacher Mm -hmm. because I already knew that that world would be totally, um, more BS than I wanted to deal with. And as somebody that wanted to teach history, Mm -hmm. I was really like, uh, my hands were tied. You know, we have to like, you have to teach for a test. There's so much history that like is not approved, you know, to talk about or whatever. And sometimes we have to teach the wrong history to then teach the right history, like Columbus or something, you know, like teach kids one thing. And then like eight years down the line, we teach them more about the real story. And that just seemed really like dumb to me. Like, why would we even do that? Why would we tell you one thing to then just tell you another thing that's goes completely in the opposite of it, you know? So I knew I didn't want that. So I thought I wanted to be a professor, but then I tried that and I was like, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. But then, so the, the, I needed a job. Right. And I got a job as an outdoor educator for fifth graders. So Houston ISD would bus these kids out to the place I worked at and um, they would stay for a week in cabins and we would teach them about nature and stuff. Mm. And I did that job and I was really good at it. And, but the only time I could sing my, play my guitar was during the week singing my cabin of girls to sleep. And so, um, yeah. And I, the second year of work, it was probably like the third week. Mm -hmm. And this girl in my cabin, we were walking back from lunch to go to nap time. Mm -hmm. I had a job that gave me a nap time. 
after it fed me corn dogs and I love corn dogs and I love naps. And so it was like, and you know, I'm outside all day. It was great. But this little girl's holding my hand and she said, Miss Mary, if you can sing like that, why do you work here? Oh, and I said, without even really thinking, it just flew out of my mouth. Well, because it's not always practical and it doesn't pay the bills. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds more like my mother than me. Uh, I was going to say, if you ever sounded like an adult, though. (laughs) Right? And she told me, she said, oh, well, I want to be a singer. And I said, oh, well, then you totally should. I mean, she's 10 years old. What you want to be is just so easy. You just have a dream, and it can happen, and it's Uh so easy. And then so I said, well, you totally should. And inside my head, I'm like, you freaking hypocrite. Like, what example are you showing to this wow. little girl? You are passing on this fear. You are right. passing on this manufacturing of smallness. You are just passing on partly like your mother's fears that are wrapped up in her stuff, right. you know, which right. is wrapped right. up in her mother's Absolutely. stuff and her mother's stuff. And, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. Well, the next week, like we get a new batch of kids every week. So that girl was gone, you know, but I go back to work the next week and my body shut down on me. I got a migraine. I've never had a migraine in my entire life. And I quit. I quit that week. I didn't even give it two weeks. I went into the principal's office and I was just like, look, I'm really sorry, but I have to go and I have to go now. Like you don't want me to stay because my energy is strong and we work together. We eat together. We share housing together. Like it's a small crew. I will piss in the pool, even though I'm trying to hold it, uh-huh. you know, and I don't want to piss in your pool. Yeah. Yep. It's the beginning of the year. Like I know I'm leaving you in a tight spot, but this is actually better for everybody because if I don't do it now, yep. I might not do it. Like That's I might great. talk myself out of it. So that was about 10 years ago that I did that. And so for 10 years now, I've just been 10 or 12. I've just been like, okay, so what does it mean? What does it look like? How do we figure this out? Like, we know we don't want money to be our music to be the only way we make money. So how are we going to make money? Like, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. And what kind of music do we want to make? And Uh who do we want to make it with and where do we want to share it and how do we do that? And there's Uh times where I didn't have a home for four years. I didn't have a car, you know? So it was just like, how do we just do this? That's wild. (laughs) That's amazing. That's an amazing story. (laughs) Just been on an adventure, you know, Uh, adventure, finding more of my own truth more Uh of what my own priorities are, you know, and more of what my purpose is here. Uh And as I've personally gone deeper into my spirituality, um, and had experiences through plant medicine and such that I've, this is my purpose. I've gotten the confirmation from every front you could ever ask Mm -hmm. for, you know, like people, situations, and then dropping into like, altered states of consciousness and still getting the same message, you know, everything, all signs point to this is what you're supposed to do, you know? Right. Right. So just keep doing it. And I like to call it radical faith. Like, I don't think just faith is enough and whatever you want to put it in, like, be it just yourself, be it some higher power, be it Uh some organization or platform or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's radical faith because it doesn't make sense most of the time 
to us because uh-huh. we're co-creating with something. I believe that's like, it's a different timeline. Like there is no, it's outside of the third dimension of space and time and it being linear. Like it's this whole other thing uh-huh. that we're working with. And so you have to have that radical faith that even though like I got fired two weeks after coming here, there's still something for me here, which did play Mm -hmm. out because I've gotten an opportunity to do 30 minute spots weekly on the radio station here. So while it's really hard for me to find a place to maybe play live, I still have an opportunity to share my stuff and I'm completely in control of it. Like they just Mm -hmm. leave me, they just drop me in the production (laughs) studio and they just, I just do it. I get time for about six songs and I talk a little bit in between. And for me, that's like a sweet spot because I'm really just trying to like get the message out. You know, I mean, I prefer to be live. That's the magic. So the magic is live because there's an energy exchange that's happening. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and it doesn't really happen through just if you have it in your ears or if you even are like watching it on a video, like it's not really happening through the screen. It happens through or the speakers. It happens when we're in each other's fields. Yes. That's where the most work can, that's where the most healing can be done. And so like, you know, I, yeah, I want, I want live, live to be a thing. That's my favorite way to share. But if I'm sharing it in a space like a bar where I'm just like a live jukebox, it's not as fulfilling to me. And I know that it's, I'm, but even in that, even in saying that, I know that I'm still getting through to people, even if they don't realize it or not, Mm -hmm. because it's subconsciously getting in there and we're run mostly by our subconscious anyway. And so, and the frequency is like making its way to them. So it's still doing something. And the people who are actually paying attention, you know, like it's for them, it's for you. I'm here right now sharing this for you, this one person in this bar who's maybe paying actual attention to what's going on right now. Yeah. And like, keeping that in mind and letting that be enough to like, keep going and just know that I did my work. I did my job. I showed up for what my mission was, which was to share this and whoever is here was meant for it. Whoever is not here, wasn't ready for it, mm-hmm. you know, and just try to always keep that in mind when I'm feeling that like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, why am I putting myself out here in this really uncomfortable situation for me? Right. You know, So you got to find meaning, meaning behind it. And for me, that's it. That's the meaning is that I'm, I'm helping, I'm helping people process their feelings and heal. We don't live in a society that really encourages us to explore our vulnerability, Mm -hmm. you know, and to explore the depths of our emotions and like why those emotions are there, you know? And, um, a lot of my music is about just pure emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like to cut it with funny songs like the period sex song or, you know, messing up your eggs in the morning. So I give you head instead, you know, <laughs> like that. I've got songs like that because because that's part of me, too, because I it's, I like to laugh. But it's it's, it's all it's all part of the thing. I mean, I, yeah. actually, I don't think I don't think it's so different. The tone is a little different, maybe. But yeah. I think what what I'm seeing is, I mean, especially like you you said healing and I kind of picked up on that. And then you were talking about the 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 connection, you know, of vibration. I have a uh, I like to say music is magic, and I'm being a little bit tongue in cheek, and I'm being a little bit literal in that I sort of see musicians as conjurers. 
Like what you're doing is you're creating an illusion space where you can share that feelings and things with an audience because like music isn't real in, in a, in an objective sense. It's created in our minds. We, we, we hear these sounds and we go, Oh, that's music. And somebody else goes, Oh, that's music. And then we're like, Oh, that's awesome. And then we can dance together to it or something like that. And so like, it's this weird, like illusion space that we're sharing or something like that. Or, or like, it's a traded space. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I have been told that like my music can feel kind of trancy sometimes. Like when I get into some of these like deep heartfelt stuff and I play really simple. Like I, I'm not known for my guitar playing. I'm known for my singing and I play well enough to keep up with myself, you know? Um, (laughs) and I've stagnated really for a really long time because I'm just, Mm. I have a lot that comes out just with seven chords and a capo. Like I can just keep going and going and churning them out and keep going and going and going. So I don't really like, right. There's not like a need to learn bar chords and (laughs) all the hard stuff. Like, like I know there is there. (laughs) I know that there's so much of a world for me there because my creative process works like in tandem, like whatever sound I'm able to create on the guitar is totally going to affect the song that I'm writing. Right. So because I'm kind of just in the same spot, like I have a lot, it's Ah, all kind of similar, you know? And when I pick up a new instrument, like I can fiddle around a little bit with the banjo and the mandolin. And when right. I still am only playing G, C, D, A, I mean, same, same seven chords or whatever, it's a totally different tone. So it creates a totally different song yep. that I wouldn't have written if I were working Absolutely. with the guitar. Right, right, right. And so I know that if I got to like unlock the guitar, really, that that would just totally be a whole new world for me. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is that I'm already over inundated with what I have created that Mm. I just don't feel like I have the space to be creating like anything more. Although I'm always still writing, like I'm, I'm always still writing within the thing that I have. Right. But it's like, I don't, I don't have another space in my tool belt to grab another tool to put me in a different direction because I have all these tools already that I'm trying to figure out how do they work really? Like, how do I take care of them? How do you know, like all of that kind of thing. So, you know, my trance state flow state, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really, you know, that's where my creativity comes from, Uh you know, is just like, I pick up the guitar I'll fiddle around with some chords. And if I start kind of getting like a little bit of a melody in my head or something, or some words start to show up, I'll hit record on my phone and I just go. I'm just in pure flow state, pure stream of consciousness. I don't stop to like ask myself, was that a good line or anything like that? Uh If I get kind of stuck and no words show up, I'll just keep playing the, playing the progression for a little bit until some more words come on. And then it all just kind of, wraps itself up in a little bow and it's just like now it's done now we're done you know and like it. that's you don't the song. Edit a whole lot not a lot like i mean i might yep. some of them i might have to go back and be like well i should have used this word instead of that word or yeah. maybe i want to sing it inflect it like that instead or something but really not a lot of editing at all so the songs that get shared with people over the i've been probably over like 500 or so in this span of time the song, and I probably only shared maybe like a hundred, right. you know? Um, I mean, that's a good ratio. 20%. 
That's yeah, I guess, you know, but see, the thing is, it's like, I forget about them and then I'll go back and listen. So the, the ones that I end up sharing are the ones that I like as soon as I write them. It's like, yes. I liked the yep. song. Yep. It felt good. I liked it. It doesn't really need a lot of editing. I like, I like this song. We're going to start playing, learning and playing this song. Mm-hmm. And then the ones where it's like, yeah, that needs work. I just leave in the dust. Yep. But then sometimes I'll go back and listen to them and I'm like, well, what kind of work does that need? Like, that's actually fine. That's fine. That's a good song right there. Uh, so there's something to be said about getting some space from it and then coming back from new, new ears, new eyes to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that's, that's how my process pretty much works is to just be in flow state the whole time. Yeah. And it's basically... It's basically flowing off of what I'm going through at the moment. Right. You know? Right. Now, the only difference in my writing now is that post this, you know, spiritual journey that I've been on, um, my songwriting has completely changed into no longer being songs just about like unrequited love, but songs being about you are light and you are infinite. And, Mm. you know, it's about love and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And that's been a really great uh, shift for me. Very welcomed because I got a little tired of here's another failed love song, you know. And when we think about, you know, the our attention coming back to that, like singing these songs over and over and over and over and over again, I'm making a mantra of. Right. The frequency of the message of the song. Okay. Yeah. And every time I'm singing it, I'm breathing life into that. So every time I'm singing this tragic song about my heartbreaking, right. I'm just putting more of my attention and focus on making more of that happen for me. Wow. You know? Yeah. And so it's been really nice to get out of that and have some other songs to buffer that with that make me feel powerful and hopefully make other people feel powerful as well. Wonderful. And um, I still write a good, I still like a good sad love song though, you know, because <laughs> I think we do really need to learn how to, you know, process pain of loss of love and all of that. Right. Um, but I, I know that the music I'm writing now is, being given to me now because I'm more ready now to drop into my mission than I was before. I'm sure. more ready now to allow myself to be seen more. I stopped drinking almost two years ago. Oh, and wow. so that's part of it. too. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, when I stopped drinking, when I got deeper on my spiritual journey, my songwriting shifted and it's just been a really welcome shift for me. And I think for the people that listen to me a lot too. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I'm hearing in all of it is, is sort of like the, an honest expression of you and where you are. Cause even the humor is important. I actually think that there needs to be humor in music and music gets really serious, really fast. And it's easy to be very serious with music. Right. And in a sense, music is silly. It's play. Exactly. It's play. We're playing. Exactly. Music. And so it's, it's okay to be silly. And like my, my yes. band, we do lots of silly things. We have a song called Eager Beaver that's about beavers, like literally about woodland creatures. It's great. <laughs> and I love it. I love yeah. silliness and, and play and music and acknowledging that music is play, but then also that music can be 
like you're you're being personal you're telling a personal story but you're transcending yourself if you're connecting with other people and so it's this weird like the individual connecting in the group or something like that well yeah because we are hardwired for connection you right. know and when when you're sharing a creation and it's speaking to somebody whether it be a song or a painting or a book or a movie or a a beautiful meal you know it's helping the other person see how they're a creator too, you know, mm-hmm. and we're all creators every day. Yeah. We're creating our reality with our thought word and deed. Absolutely. And so when somebody has made a tangible form, because we're in this 3d, so we want this tangible thing, mm-hmm. here's this product, you know, and it speaks to the other person. What that's doing is bringing alive in them, the mechanism of being a, their own creator. Right. You know, and so like, it's just really important for me to live my life in a genuine, authentic way, like even to a fault, like even when it like messes up a situation or something like that, like I'm still going to, because I think that that's the point of being here, you know, like we all are one, you know, it's all connected. We're all the same from this infinite thing, but we all have a unique individual spark a unique individual perspective, a unique individual story and mission. But we forget that. And we live in a society that continuously wants us to forget that and to just stay asleep, to stay where we don't remember. So I feel like part of my mission is to remind people, you know, that like, Mm -hmm. this is your life and it's Mm -hmm. your only one in this meat suit, this incarnation with this consciousness. Mm -hmm. So live it the way you want to live it, whatever that looks like. So if I can go up there and inspire somebody to do whatever it is that they wanted to do, maybe they didn't want to be a musician. Maybe they wanted to, I don't know, be a (laughs) rodeo circus clown. And they just really wanted to do that. Like, I'm trying to set an example of what it looks like to go after what it is that you want. Even when you don't fully know what it is you want, but you know that it's in this wheelhouse. Like it's, it has to do with this, you know, whatever brings us alive. Like that is what your mission is. And that is what you are meant to investigate, you know, and it might end you off somewhere completely different, but you need to get on that path and start walking start towards doing. it and you investigate have to go. Yes, it. yes, absolutely. But we stop ourselves because, oh, it's not always practical and it doesn't pay the bills, you know, right. or people judge me or I might fail or whatever, like, you yeah, know. Right. And so <laughs> just really just trying to be a living example of yeah. what it looks like to go after your dreams. And it's, it's like- messy sometimes. Like most of the time, it's really messy. Right. And that's why the radical faith is really necessary mm-hmm. to just get really deep into the why of what's really the thing behind the desire, I see. you know, and then that allows you to have the strength for when it's, when it's difficult because it's difficult to go out on the limb and live an authentic, genuine life of your own desires and not somebody else's. Like that's always going to be a difficult path, but it's going to be rewarding because you're working towards what you want. You know? I love it. I love it. I mean, to me, this is like Ayn Rand meets Hinduism meets like Christianity or something. It's crazy. It's like, well, you know, they all have it right and they all have it wrong. Yeah. 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 You know, I, and I Karl Marx said that, you know, religion's the opiate to control the masses. Right. And how is that? So because religion answers the questions that we all have, no matter time, space, 
right location whatever you know why are we here what are we supposed to do while we're here what happens when we die Mm -hmm. and religion answers those questions and the way that our human brain works is we we want to get to the solution as quickly as possible right you know and so if you tell me that and i just have to follow these rules and then i can get that then okay cool i'll just do that Uh you know and so they all have it right and they all have it wrong because you know all of them say they're the right, they're the only right one. But if God is infinite and created everything, then he must have created all of the different religions to meet the needs of the people in those places. I don't consider myself a religious person. I consider mm-hmm. myself a spiritual person. Right, right, right. I think that this connection with whatever the divine is and what you want to call it with human words, like it's just a special connection that we have and that we all have, whether or not we're willing to investigate it or acknowledge it or whatever, like it's, it's there, it's there by default, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever you're believing in, as long as it's allowing you to feel connected and strong and purposeful, uh-huh. then that's it. You know, that's all it needs to be like, and if that's a set religion for you, but it doesn't allow you, but you don't like hold hate or fear, judgment, whatever in your heart for people that believe different, then rock it, you know, go for it. If it's allowing you to feel connected to something bigger and powerful, then, then that's a good, that's a good relationship. I I love it. I have all these questions, but I feel like we're at this spot and all the questions bring it down back into the muck. We're in this like beautiful high spot of like philosophy. It's wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but so, you know, the muck, the muck is what makes the beauty. So the lotus flower grows out of mud. Right. You know, and like everyone that's gotten to the top of something had a really dark journey at some point to get there. Right. You know, um, being in the arena, you know, is messy work. So there's, it's all, <laughs> it's all fair yeah. game. Yeah. You know? Cool. I mean, yeah, I agree. Um, I I would love to hear some music. If okay, if you have We've anything there. that you'd like to play, yeah, cool. So sometimes the way I do it so, is I do a totally free improv. Um, oh, I think we're lagging a little bit, but you should come back in a second. Okay. I can Meaning, like, you want me to make a song up on the spot? No, 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 no. Oh, the free improv thing. Am I coming so, back? Yeah, yeah, I, I can hear you. Moving I can't stuff see you. Yeah. Are we uh, good? I think so. Hmm. All right, there you go. Um, so the, you don't have to make up a song on the spot. The free improv that I do is, like, I play with somebody, and we just play whatever comes out. And it could be just noises, it could be song, it could be whatever. And the great thing about Zoom is you can't actually be rhythmically in time at all. And so it's just completely wild. Now, not everybody does that and not everybody's used to that. And the other thing is, I would actually love to hear some of your music if you'd like to play a song or two. Yeah, let's do that because I know (laughs) that my signal isn't like the greatest. Yeah, yeah. And so we might just be in like a total cacophony like, I mean, that's great. I love not that, worth yes. it, you know, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, let me, let me play. Okay. We'll play. Too. Um, so I, I did get to play a show this past Sunday at the place I work, 
after brunch, they let me um, play some tunes for some people. Nice. Um, and I was play, and then the G string busted. Oh no! So, and I'm on an island that doesn't have a music store at all. So uh, this was Sunday, and it was like, oh my gosh, I have this interview. And then I have to record for my radio spot. Like I know that I, oh, I no. know that I need strings. So I went on Facebook, uh-huh. the same place that I went to to find a replacement place to stay while here. Uh-huh. And uh, this gal had a pack of strings that she nice. okay. dropped off for Wonderful. me. So. Um, so yeah, this is just one of the newer tunes that has come out from my journeying with plant medicine and um just dropping deeper into my spirituality and my purpose wonderful can you hear that okay uh yeah Up in your head, you are 
living in a material Wonderful. That was lovely. Thank you for saying that. I mean, like it is that cliche, you know, be the change you wish yeah, to see, right. but that is really like all that it is. Uh -huh. The way humans learn, we learn from being modeled to. So the line mm -hmm. and you can't, they can't be what they can't see. So if we want to be living in a different world, we want to wake up and we see people around us be more authentic and genuine and, mm -hmm. and kind and caring Absolutely. and compassionate yes. and empathetic. Mm -hmm. And we want to just wake up and that happen. It's not going to like, we have to be that. Uh -huh. And yeah. then the people around us will jump on board because right. they're being shown a new way, yep. you know? And when we have the courage to like break out and do that thing, it's contagious, you know, mm -hmm. because we didn't come here to just like get jobs and pay bills and <laughs> get a mortgage and, yeah. you know, search for golden years to go do what we really want to do. And then maybe not even get to do them because we don't have yeah. our knees don't work and our hips don't work at that right. point. And, you know, just like, that's not why we're here. Yeah. You know, so we have to be willing to have the courage to get out of that easy, comfortable thing. The comfortability is the trap. You right. know, we don't grow when we're comfortable. We grow when we're uncomfortable. And so that's right. why I continue to make myself uncomfortable by going yep. in front of people mm -hmm. and playing, because I know that that's where I have the most room to grow as an I individual. Yeah, yeah. And I have the most capability to help others grow mm -hmm. because I'm showing them what it looks like to just put yourself out there. Uh -huh. And for me, it's with a guitar singing songs for other people. It will be something completely different, but I've at least modeled to them that it's possible right. and worthwhile because life is hard. So you just have to choose your heart. It's going to be hard either way. Yeah. So just choose your heart, mm -hmm. you know, and I choose my heart to be wrapped up in whatever it takes to allow me 
to have the space and time and resources and all of the things to still keep this channel open and creating songs and like sharing them with people. Yeah. You know, that's great. I, so the, the muck thing that I, I thought about earlier, it, cause you're, you're talking about sort of the, the courage to, to pursue uh, the life that you want to see and to pursue um, sort of your own truth. And like, and then you could say like, pursue your dreams or whatever, like the story you were talking about at the camp. There's there's uh, the Mike Rowe, the Dirty Jobs guy. He he's got his whole thing about mm-hmm. how pursuing your dreams is bad, and he's against that entire ideology because sometimes you just got to get a job and you just got to support yourself and support your family. And there's funny. It's funny because there's sort of a truth in it, and there's like the hard truth of taking responsibility for your life and yourself and those who rely on you. And I think that there's there's there is a lot of truth in that. But at the same time, there's this weird nihilism to it in in a certain way that your entire existence is just to be some kind of laborer for the system of society or something like that. Right. I mean, there's definitely a way to pursue your dream and it be um, destructive to you and to people yes. around you. Yes. I mean, you need to d- pursue your dream with awareness, uh-huh. you know, like that's what I would say. Um, have awareness as to why is this your dream? Why are you going about it this way to get it? Mm-hmm. You know, it all is just the why, you know, but if you're pursuing your dream at the cost of whoever's feeding you and putting clothes on your back and a roof right. over your head and like, it, I mean, mm-hmm. that's not fair, you know? Right. And so right. that's just selfish, you know, to a certain extent, if you're, yes. if pursuing your dreams is, is stopping somebody else from doing theirs because they have to pick up your slack because mm-hmm. you don't want to go and get six different jobs. You just want to be able to play your guitar whenever you want to play your guitar yeah. and somebody else can pick up the slack and feed you. Well, that's one thing, you know, right. and like that's going to have one certain outcome in what you're producing mm-hmm. and what you're getting back in return. You know, but if you're pursuing your dreams on your own terms at your own dime, mm-hmm. you know, um, you're the, at your own um, sacrifices, you right. know, mm-hmm. uh, that's worthy. I yep. think, you know, I think that that's a worthy pursuit, you know. So, yeah, like I will have six jobs over one job because right. that gives me the freedom to do my dream. You yes. know, the six jobs isn't my dream, but it is right now because that's what it allows <laughs> to happen. Right. You know, so it's part of the dream. It's just the part that I didn't create in this co-creation. Mm, you know, I it's see. a gift that I have the ability to do so many different types mm-hmm. of jobs, Absolutely. you know? And mm-hmm. so that was the co-creator being like, well, here's all some, here's talent, skills and abilities. Yep. Okay. And you could put all of that into one basket, but you understand how that makes you vulnerable to our connection here. Mm-hmm. You know, so, or you could get one job and let your soul be sucked out. And that sullies our connection here, right? you know, or you can just accept that you've been given talent, skills, and abilities that can manifest into different types of jobs, you know, mm-hmm. and just do the hustle, you know? Right. So that's, that's what yeah. I do. I don't always want to be doing that though. You know, like I don't yep. want to be 50, having six jobs because a lot of the jobs are labor intensive jobs that I do. So there is like, 
there is this part of me that knows that I'll be fine no matter what, you know, but then there's the part of me that's like, we've got to figure this out for our future self, Mm -hmm. you know, and stop drinking was part of that journey, you know, just trying to figure out like, I'm just on a loop, you know, I'm just like going through the motions, Uh you know, I'm ready for the next thing. Like I, Mm -hmm. how do I get to that next thing? And, um, I needed the clarity for that. I really only meant to not drink for two months. And it just, I just kept liking what I was finding, including how music was changing for me and stuff. And so I've just, I've just kept with it. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's important to allow ourselves to grow no matter where that takes us, even if it takes us in a place we never saw ourselves going. Like as a musician to say that you're not going to drink is a big thing because it's inundated in our world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. It's true. Although I do know a lot of musicians who don't drink. Process to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a newer trend, you know, it's, it's, it's happening. Um, and they're out there, but it's just definitely, you know, it's a smaller pool. Yes. Of, of, of people. Mm -hmm. And, um, but for me, I know that it has only helped this musical journey and it's actually helping me get closer to where I really need and want to be than the booze ever was, you know, even including in my writing in and of itself, because sometimes Mm. I would say that like, yeah, like being a little under the influence, like that's what I need to open up the channel or whatever. And now I realize that like, I I don't, I didn't need that. And I don't need that. Right. And if anything, the channel just got like wider because now we're talking about more things instead of just what my like, Booze and mm, ego needs to constantly be processing and making mantras off of my failures. You know, we're making mantras off of success, you know, yeah. off of, off wow. of lighter light. Cool. You know, so. That's beautiful. I love it. So, so what, so you have a salmon fest coming up. What, what, what else do you have coming up? Is there anywhere to direct folks? Well, if you want to catch these Wednesday spots on KMXT, um, it's in Alaska time. So it's 1230 to 1 Alaska time, which makes it three hours behind central time. So it'd be 330 to to 4 in the central time zone. Now, I don't think their website has a place where you can listen to it, but there's this really cool website called Radio.Garden. And it's got radio stations from all over the world real time. It's just a globe with little shining lights. I know, I was checking it out because you post it. It's so cool. Yeah, it's super cool. You want to talk about being connected to the collective, you know, like you can just drop (laughs) in to Zimbabwe and be like, what are you guys into, you know? And it's really cool to hear what people are into that there are stations like in Norway, there's this really nice, like Americana station, you know, Mm. and, and just places that you wouldn't maybe not expected there to be platforms for, for what you do. And that they're there. So if you go to radio.garden and you hover, hover the, the circle over the Kodiak Island, um, KMXT 1001 and you can hear it there and they're letting me do it every Wednesday. I'm actually have some, um, interviews lined up with some of the salmon fest artists. And so I want to air that on, on the show. Wonderful. So I play mostly originals a couple weeks ago. I did just covers to just mix it up and I want to do those interviews. And then also some interviews of some local 
talent, some local people. Um, like the girl who gave me my strings, like she <laughs> plays, but she doesn't like play out, you okay. know, uh, but she was interested. She, she sounded interested enough to like do a little interview. I just cool. think that would be fun. That's wonderful. Nice. So that's where you can catch me um, right now. And then when I get back to Texas at the end of September, I'll be putting a little tour together on my way out to Utopia Fest. Mm. And, um, um, and then after Utopia Fest, I'll be going to Terlingua okay. to spend most of the fall slash winter. Nice. And I'll be booking gigs along the way there and in, in the town of Terlingua and stuff while I'm there. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, so all on Facebook and Instagram, and so you can you can look okay. up there. Sounds good. I'll put I'll put links to to anything that there are links for. <laughs> I'm really behind in the game of like the content creating game. You know, yeah. like my well, that's back in the muck. Is, is terrible. I don't post all the time on Instagram or Facebook. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not active in it. I mean, it's there. I use it when there's something happening, but yeah, I don't yeah. like keep it going. Um, I definitely don't make a lot of videos yep. to put on the YouTube because I don't really like being the center of attention. It's like way beyond my comfort zone. But there's a friend here, the guy who I'm working for, who's also a videographer. And so he's mm -hmm. trying to get me to let him nice. make me a music video, which I don't have, never had. And so I'm just trying to pick a song, uh -huh. which I'm just dragging my feet on because <laughs> I really just don't want to be like, I don't really want to do it. But I know that it needs to happen. Sure, and like sure. I said, we grow the most when we're uh -huh. outside of sure. our comfort zone. Yep, absolutely. And the way that this whole industry works, you know, like that's just part of what needs to happen in order to nice. help get to some of the next steps, mm -hmm. you know, so I just have to bite the bullet and just do it. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for talking to me today. I always forget to say this at the beginning. I'm going to hit stop recording and you don't have to leave right away. We can like debrief a little bit. I always forget yeah. to say it, but I always do a goodbye. So like, thanks so much for coming on today. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks everybody for listening. This is thanks Mary so much Brett. For having me. Yeah. Go, go check her out at Salmon Fest. If you're in Alaska and listen to her radio program, I'll put links to everything so you can find it every Wednesday afternoon. All right. Thank you. See you, everybody. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening or watching. Please remember to like, leave a comment, or subscribe. Check out Mary Brett. She's going to be at Salmon Fest in Alaska, and then she's coming back to Texas later this year. So keep an eye out for her shows. Mm -hmm.